Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Lucky Land Slots. Asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, and welcome back to the Puck and Roll podcast. This is an interesting episode, and uh, before getting this started, this is the first official episode since uh, our good friend Patrick Lorty stepped away from the microphone and from hockey media in general. And uh, despite not being part of the podcast officially anymore, he's still a very good friend of ours, and we just want to give a little quick shout out to Patrick and uh, very much hope that everything is going well on his end. Uh, in this episode, we wanted to cover uh, a few of the young stars on the Montreal Canadiens who have uh, been letting things up in different ways to start, to start the season and uh, talk about a certain blockbuster trade that at the Habs made today. And we're recording this on a Wednesday, so... You know the exact trade that we were talking about. Uh, absolute blockbuster, totally involved multiple NHL players, uh, and not a depth move in any way, shape, or form. To get us started, uh, that trade, uh, that Montreal Canadiens have acquired former first-round draft pick of the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, Nicholas Boudin, uh, in return for Cam Hillis. Josh, Aaron, who are my two uh, panelists today, what are your thoughts on this deal? So I was tasked with uh, writing the article up for this trade. And in the article, I referred to him as uh, Nicholas Baudouin. And in the thumbnail of the article, I searched for Nicholas Baudouin hockey, and I put an entirely different person as a thumbnail. That is so, unfortunate. That is unfortunate. Honestly, that's the, very view, the, the views on it were fantastic. But yeah, that's kind of how it goes. I ended up going back and fixing it. Couldn't fix the thumbnail. It was already on Facebook. But that's how inconsequential this trade was. But for Cam Hillis, that's a lot of value. Fair enough. Josh, what are your thoughts on the trade? Total game changer, 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's just depth for depth. Um, 
technically we're moving up because I think Cam Hillis is like 66th overall or something like that, somewhere in the uh, yeah. second, yeah, he was third 66th. round there. Yeah, um, I believe 66 was the number. Bodan is a former first rounder, so there's that. In the same draft too? In the exact same draft. That's that's great values. Just stand up. Um, yeah, they're both like, in my opinion, career AHLers at this point. Hillis did have a bit more hype from what I remember. I mean, I'm mostly in the Montreal sphere, but he did have some positives coming into his professional career that have just kind of petered out and he's stuck in a holding pattern that I don't think he's going to get out of. I mean, it's a fresh start for both guys and you have heard of people breaking out on new teams. So, I mean, all the best, but I think this is just an AHL for AHL deal, not, not anything to write home about, unfortunately. So one fun thing to keep in mind here is if Bodai decided to, or if they decided to put Bodai on our NHL roster, he would be our fourth most experienced NHL defender in NHL games. Oh no, I hate that. I, hate I, I, be- I believe that. I believe he is twenty one. Oh, okay. Uh, that is not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> that is, he does have twenty two games, two goals, four six points, all with the Blackhawks. How about Corey Schooneman though? Corey Schooneman. Give one second. Well, he here. got sent down today. That. Uh, oh, did he? I didn't yeah. even get that. He got sent down right before the trade happened, and that's why everybody thought he was going to start in the NHL. But it's because uh, Edmonton's going to be back really soon, maybe in Buffalo. Makes sense. Makes Almost sense. the exact same: twenty-four games, two goals, four assists. Oh, so it's basically a vet. Basically, give him an A. But yeah, he would. Uh, Shuneman was all in one year, obviously, and yeah, of course, Bodan was over three, three or four seasons. I, I, Chicago, I'd rather so. Shuneman with the A over uh, David Savard. <laughs> you just love David Savard, don't you? I uh, love you know David you know David Savard's been clutch for me in fantasy, so uh, I'm happy with him. Uh, and <laughs> he leads, no he leads the role fantasy league, by the way. Um, but yeah, so so Nick Baudet was a really hyped up um, defenseman coming out of the QMJHL. Uh, and even going back to two or three years, whenever discussing trade proposals with, the, with Chicago, uh, his was always a name where Chicago Blackhawks fans did not want to let go of and every other team would be targeting in trades, uh, like basically interchangeably with the first rounder. And it's very interesting to see what, what what's happened with him over the last two years because he's been a healthy scratch in the AHL quite a bit to start this season. Uh, and he was also a healthy scratch a few times last year in the AHL, uh, has not been overly productive in the AHL, but is a very intelligent, puck-moving, undersized defenseman. Uh, unfortunately, undersized, puck-moving, offensive left-shot defensemen who uh, are poor skaters are kind of a dime a dozen in the NHL and the AHL. So I wouldn't expect much here. However, uh, Cam Hillis, uh, another player who is kind of hyped up coming out of junior uh, and has failed to meet expectations at the pro level, so kind of a similar storyline to Boudin there. Uh, I mean, Hillis has, has not even been going like a point of game in the ECHL as a forward. So I see this as a fine swap to make. I think that Boudin has 
tangible NHL upside as a sixth or seventh or seventh defenseman if he develops well. Whereas I think Cam Hillis has too long of a way to go to really be able to bet on any NHL upside in any way, shape, or form. So do I like the trade? Sure. But I do question what the Habs are planning here in terms of just the AHL and their defensemen, because there's a lot of bodies in the AHL on the back, on the blue line, because you have guys like, like Madison Bowie, who's a guy that has played NHL games within the last couple of years, who's a third pairing guy in Laval right now, right? Like, like there, there is a lot of depth in Laval for defensemen. I'm not saying that there's NHL quality depth there. I'm just saying you have a lot of like top four defensemen in the AHL, AHL top four defensemen in Laval and Bodine is just another one of those. So where do these guys play? Which ones are going to get sent down to the ECHL? And are those going to be players with actual NHL upside, like Jenny Fairbrother, Matthias Norlander, right? Like, do some of the young guys get sent down to the ECHL in Trois-Rivières? So I'm curious well, to see uh, what Fair, Fair Brothers that takes out. Yeah, oh, thank you for enlightening me. I, I did not even... That is unfortunate. Okay. That is very... I, I think it's over for him because of it, unfortunately. You can't miss a year at this point. I would, I'd be curious to see how he looks ne- next year, but that is uh, rather con- concerning. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, so, Bodang, look, it's a fine trade. Uh, I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, like, what a steal for Kent Hughes because it was a four first rounder that was acquired here. But I, I wouldn't be saying that right now. But uh, look, fine depth move, sure. Change of scenery is good. Uh, but I, I wouldn't. I, I would encourage Habs fans to maybe not expect Bodine to, to be an NHL quality player within the next <laughs> year, two years. Uh, but it was an interesting trade because, again, Boudin, a Quebecer, uh, he's still very young. Uh, why not at this point? Why not? Uh, speaking of young defensemen, uh, Arbor Jackai, um, who is a podcast favorite for multiple reasons, uh, so, so Josh, you know what? I'm just going to hand over the mic to you. I'm not going to say anything other than Arbor Jackai. Yeah, what is there to say about him? Like, he just completely took the league by from this year, and it's been incredible to see. I won't rehash the whole story because everybody knows his story coming up from Costco and beating up everyone. But he's proved in this his time in the NHL, and from what I saw, watching a few of his OHL games here in Kitchener, that um, he's more just a set of hands that's going to knock you out. He can play with skill and finesse. He can pass the puck really well. I think he's pretty didn't at getting the puck out of his own zone without causing too much of a fuss with the other team. And he's just more than a big body. And I love the way that he plays the game. He's aggressive at the right times for me. That Costco is just a work of art, how he just flies in from the blue line out of nowhere to destroy a guy who has a puck and then causes the goal. It's just been so fun to see. I don't know how sustainable it is. Like, even just in the past couple of games, we've seen him struggle a bit with the puck and struggle just in all facets of the game. And I do think once Edmondson and Matheson do come into the 
into being healthy that he should be one of the first people to be sent down on that blue line just to wreck the HL. Like if you look at that picture of Slavkovsky and Jacka and just imagine what those two could do in the AHL, they would break the league. I think it would be so much fun to see them down there and just destroy everyone take the league by storm even more than they're doing in the NHL and then just come back next year even better than they are now. And question for both of you. Do you think that Arbor Jacki should play the whole season in the NHL now that Josh brought up the whole AHL idea? But do you think he should? Purely out of like what's best for his development. Not, not just talking about like, oh, okay, when injured players come back, he should be cut just based on quality. Because again, the Habs aren't trying to win the season, right? You don't have to keep just the objectively currently best players. But for his development, do you think that keeping him up in the NHL would be beneficial for the entire season? He is the one player where I actually think that it's better for him to be in the NHL for his development because he's not 18. He's uh, 22, 20, 21, 22, 20. 21, 22. Okay, so just the type of game he plays. One, I think people would be out to get him in the AHL, and I'm worried about injury there because there's a lot more tough guys in the AHL, and uh, they don't like newcomers coming in. But just the things that he has to work on are all things that could be targeted by an NHL coaching staff. His play away from the puck, I know that's something MSL is really, really big on. And then kind of just his overall demeanor in a game, like taking less minor penalties. That's a really big thing with him. But I think that's all stuff that can be handled at the NHL level. And he's also, he's just such a fun guy to have up here, like in a rebuild, because he's going to throw the big hits. He's going to get into a fight every couple games. And that's so entertaining to watch. Yeah, I think the one thing I'd struggled with with sending him down is what you mentioned there, Aaron, of, of just will, will he become a target for AHL tough guys? And I know Scott mentioned this during our fantasy episode a couple of days ago of the AHL is filled with extremely tough players who don't just fight well, they fight for a living in some ways, right? So sending him down, will he just immediately become a target of those players? Because Stanley, we mentioned himself that he does not want Jack Eye to become a fighter. He wants him to become a skilled player who can fight, right? There's a very important distinction there. And just as you said, will sending him down to the AHL make him a target, first of all, but perhaps also shape his game into being a fighter first and a player second, right? So I, like that is also where I struggle with it. I think in terms of just like objectively looking at which players should get sent down, Yes, I, I think his name would be basically top of the list now that Schooneman's down, right? Like if once Madison comes back, it's like, okay, I think Kovacevic has been too good to send down. Chris Weidman would be an interesting name to send down, but considering that he's one of the only vets on that blue line, would the Habs do it, especially since he signed a two-year con- extension? I don't know if they would. And Arbor Jacka would be the easiest solution there because you sat, you, you cannot send down Gooley. He's your current best defenseman. You can't send down Jordan Harris. He's been incredibly solid and dependable and fun to watch. Jacka is 
the outlier there. So I'm very curious to see what the Habs actually do because I don't think there's a single correct answer here. There are concerns for on both sides of it. Uh, I, I think I would personally try to keep him up if possible, maybe try to flip a different defenseman on that blue line to make room on the roster to keep him up. Maybe even run a like like a, a 13 forward eight defenseman lineup, right? Of of sending down extra forwards or trading a forward. And I think that brings us quite smoothly into the next talking point here, which is the Habs are definitely looking to deal a forward. Uh, Mike Hoffman's probably top of that list, but we saw at the at the Minnesota game, uh, which was in Montreal, there were two assist- assistant general managers in attendance, Edmonton's and Anaheim's. So it's very clear that, that the scouting is really ramping up now in terms of the Habs shopping forwards, which is who the Habs are shopping. Uh, and the question is, firstly, who? Is it Mike Hoffman? Is it, is it only Mike Hoffman? What other names could there be that the Habs are shopping? Uh, and secondly, what would you expect in return for that? Would it be a ju- like just like getting out of that Hoffman contract and trying it for future considerations, for example? Or are we actually talking about a physical return for that player? So I'll just keep that question for you guys. I think Yoel Armia is going to be a big target because we don't need him and we don't particularly want him anymore. So I think a team's going to swoop in Grum for like a six or a seven, like the Islanders. I feel like 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 the Islanders is is made for the New York Islanders. At the same time, all the scouting that that's been going on right now is not about Yolarmia because he's not playing, right? So which that's true. Yeah, which forwards are we talking about here? Is I guess what I'm curious about. And and Josh, I know you have a lot to th- to say about Hoffman, right? This is the question. Yeah, that's the tough part because everyone says, oh, we got to get rid of Mike Hoffman and Jonathan Druin, but that's the invisible heartbreak of rebuilding team that you can't get rid of Mike Hoffman and Jonathan Druin because they're not going to give you anything right now. Jonathan Druin, a bit more, but... Yeah, like, I, th- I everyone... think Drouin, if you hold on to Druin until the deadline and then you return half, uh, retain half, you can get a decent like return just because firstly, I think he's looked pretty damn good so far this year. Uh, and I absolutely agree. Secondly, he is the perfect player that if there's a, cont- a contending team was a, a top six forward that's injured uh, going into the playoffs. Droy is a plug and play skilled guy, right? Like you can plug him onto a line He's not going to give you defense, but he will give you playmaking. So if you have a line that needs a filler and you have a sniper on that line, you plug in Jonathan Drouet, and I can see a a contending team offering up a decent amount just to get that filler. Uh, And we see every season, like, uh, expiring contracts going for a second-round pick or a late first, right? I think the Habs would not be getting a first-round pick for Drouin, but if you get a second-round pick at the deadline, that is a solid return for is it is Is it too soon to say that teams might be already looking to try Monaghan? No, I, I, I think Monaghan... Because he's looked terrific. so good. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Uh, though I, I, would, I would put an asterisk on that of saying, I don't think any team is going to trade for Monaghan now. I think at, every team would be waiting until the deadline to get him, because yeah. at that point when the Habs retain, because even now, if you acquire Sean Monaghan, that is still like 
just a, a hair over three million dollars in cap space. Yeah, at three, three million one eighty seven five. I mean, because we're a bit into the season, it's a bit less than that. But if you wait until the deadline, that that gets shaved down to just over a million. If you get in terms of actual money, and and uh, that's a lot easier to take on if you are a contending team, and you can make room for that. So I, Look, I think the New York Rangers could be really into that. I'm expecting the Rangers to go after Patrick Kane first and foremost. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, but after Kane, uh, the real big ticket item in Monaghan is still going to be available. Honestly, I'd be very curious to see what happens there because because to start the season, like Monaghan has just been very very good all around, and the Habs have been using him like he's been like what the second or third most used forward so far this season in terms of minutes. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah. Like, like the Habs are not they're, they're not playing him just to showcase him. They're playing him because he's been very good. And, yeah, I'm very curious to see what the Habs get for him because I'd be very surprised if the Habs held on to him unless they got, like, a really bargain extension on him. Like, uh, unless they can sign him four years at $3 million or something ridiculous like that, I'm expecting them to, to flip him uh, because this is a rebuilding team. Monaghan, yes, he's only, what, 28 years old? But yeah. his body is all right. I mean, like, it's 27, actually. Question. 27 28. He, he, yeah. So I, I wouldn't count out trading him. We took a chance on him. Maybe he'd come back. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it, could, it could be a Pocana situation, right? Of, of, of trading and then signing in the offseason, right? Like, he never closed the door on that. He just turned 28, I believe. Two uh, weeks ago. Yep. Uh, I believe yeah, in I the don't... Toronto game, this is an opener he scored on his birthday. Uh, yes, yes, he did. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I, I think um, Monaghan's just been excellent. But Mike Hoffman, going back to this, uh, and, and, and Josh, again, I, I know you have a lot to say on him, but what, what would your expectation for a Hoffman trade be? Like, I do think Edmonton would be a good fit for him. And if so, what kind of return are we talking or are we talking about paying to get rid of them? Yeah, at this point, I mean, we're coming fresh off of that Minnesota debacle that happened um, yesterday night. And although I didn't physically see the game, I did see the highlights or if you prefer lowlights low of Mike Hoffman's night. And it's just hard to not just say take whatever is offered because it's he's just been like he's taking a space that could be for a younger player and he's not playing like a Dedonov or Gallagher where it's he's a veteran player that's a performing well because even then he's not put up like he's scored a goal, which is the same amount as what Gallagher has, and Dodonov's not scored a goal, has he? Dodonov no. and Dvorak both have zero goals. Both have zero. zero. But we're we're not talking about them. It's all about like how they're playing, and Hoffman's just lost it. I don't I don't see anything. Uh, I laugh every time that video shows up waiting for the shot for like two hours. On To, to be fair, was it Rem Pitlick who had the puck there? Like he should have passed off. And he, instead he passed oh, yeah. literally on the stick of a different of a defenseman in the other direction. Like he should have given Mike Hoffman that puck. But like it was a full on a full on NPC moment for Mike Hoffman. Like, he just like 
wound up and then just glided for like yeah. two seconds. It was very funny. It's just stuff like that where it's just like, and then the penalty shot, which was just gross. Um, where it's just like, you want to see some sort of push from him, like something that shows that he wants to be here, that he wants to play, that he can still play at an NHL level. Cause you see that from the other guys, but I just don't see it with him. And I think it's just not working. And I think the sooner the better, honestly. I think there's two questions that come down to it with Edmonton. One, is Mike Hoffman an upgrade over Warren Fogle? That I'm not sure. Or is Mike Hoffman worth, worth around the same as Tyson Barry? Ooh. Because that's yeah, the salary Tyson, right there. Tyson Barry would be interesting because, again, uh, just like just like Mike Hoffman, a former highly regarded player who uh, infuriates fans to no end uh, and is very flawed, but has his strengths. Like Mike Hoffman still has his shot and his shot is still excellent. Like, like you can say many things about Mike Hoffman, but the accuracy and power of his shot is not one of the complaints that you can make. Uh, Tyson Berry is a skilled distributor in the offensive zone, especially on the power play. And the Habs, I mean, and Tyson Mike Berry Hansen, and Mike Hoffman happen to make the exact same amount of money. They do. How long is Barry's contract? Is it an extra same year? Same thing, two years. You see, Four that would years. be very interesting. That would be a thing where I, I could actually see, I, from a Montreal perspective, I would understand that. From an Edmonton perspective, depends how fed up with Barry they are. Right? I think they're very fed up. I think he was playing on their third pairing for a little bit, like this season. You see, th- that. That would be a very interesting fit. Uh, I think, look, on the Habs, uh, we don't have right shot defensemen. <laughs> so uh, there's that. And we know that Martin St. Louis likes to have defensemen that play on their strong side. They're, with his wingers, he wants he likes them on their offside. But with defensemen, he is very much in favor of having right shot defensemen on the right side. Uh, and right now, the Habs are limited to David Savard and Jonathan Kovacevic and uh, Chris Weidman, who has not been great to start the season. Uh, Kovacevic has been good, but he's realistically a sixth defenseman. Like, you're not expecting too much from him. He's been putting up very solid results defensively because he's very intelligent defensively. But he's also facing low-end competition, which is why his numbers are looking as good as they are. So, yeah, I think, Aaron, that, that, that is a very interesting proposal because it kind of would fit both teams. Also, because Mike Hoffman is a genuine trigger man, and that is also then an option as a plug-and-play in a role next to McDavid or Dreisaitl, right? Of, I, I hate the idea of Hoffman playing next to McDavid, but he wouldn't be the worst fit there. I mean, we've seen the Edmund Oilers play worse players with Connor McDavid. So, for sure, like, I, I, I'm not high on Mike Hoffman, but he has one elite tool and that one elite tool could really thrive next to someone like Connor McDavid because, well, it's Connor McDavid. Um, And yeah, I think the last little point I'd want to hit on this brief but fun uh, podcast episode is Kirby Duck, uh, who is potentially already become my favorite Habs player on the current roster uh, because he's just so skilled, so intelligent, very, very entertaining as a player. Uh, and he's been very good to start the season. Uh, my question around Kirby Doc for you guys is, 
who would you put as his two wingers? Who is your ideal line for Kirby Doc? Yuri Slavkovsky and Cole Caulfield. Interesting. Josh? Uh, are you talking about now or into the future? Right now, this season. Right now? Um, I mean, I still think that, I mean, if they're going to keep Yuri Slavkovsky up there, I don't think that's a terrible spot for him, but I still do think that he should be sent down. So I, I would agree. just. I agree. Switch. I was talking long term, by the way. Okay, mm. yeah, that makes okay, sense. Uh, I'm I'm now. Uh, I would just switch Sapkowski with uh, Anderson. I have such a hot take here. I do like Anderson more than most people do. I think you do. Um, yeah, he, I mean, I think he drives play well, and he can give it to that line and kind of make space for the more skilled Caulfield and. Uh, and Doc, I'm just killing time until we have to hear this terrible take. Okay. But, yeah, um, Aaron, Aaron I is mean, chomping at the bit to say something, and both me and Jock are very afraid for what's about to come out of his mouth. No, no, Suzuki and Doc Caulfield. Ah, <laughs> oh, Aaron, you, 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 you know how much I hate Kirby Doc on the wing. Like you know no, this. No, no, no. I. You want Suzuki, Suzuki on the? Yes, I do. Bro, that's awful. That's an uh, awful take. That is objectively bad. No. Sorry, no. No. Thank you. No, that's no. I'm not even going to. That does not deserve to be discussed on this podcast. I'm sorry, Aaron. We Bring have that to so Twitter. Much that now. Like what? The Vorak. The Vorak Evans. Evans? <laughs> oh my god. Center? Yeah, it's insane. Look at the Habs. We're built. We're built out of center. Oh my god. You want you want to have Suzuki on the wing instead of Monahan. Anyways, uh, I'm gonna cut. Look, my taste gonna look so good in comparison to yours. Now, thank you, Aaron. You're making me look very intelligent uh, right now. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, uh, my line would be uh, Cole Caulfield, Kirby Doc, and Josh Anderson. Hey. Because yeah, so so I think that Anderson is a flawed uh, player. However, uh, I do think that he would be a very good fit on that line. Uh, Josh Anderson, is, you can say many things about him, but he is physically overwhelming in many ways, and he'd be a very good fit on that line. Would it be a good defensive line? God, no. It would be painful in the defensive zone. However, the Habs are going to be painful in the defensive zone for the entirety of the season, no matter who's playing. Like, Unless it's Kabasevich and Harris on the ice, it's going to be pretty bad in the D zone. And just make it fun. And I think having Anderson to just kind of like rumble around on that line would free up some space for Kirby Doc and uh, Cole Coffey to play their skilled games. And it'd be very fun. The one alternative to that line is if the Habs are really, really sticking by keeping Caulfield with Suzuki, because I really do think that Caulfield's a better fit with Doc than Suzuki. But if they stick by that, I would like Jonathan Drouet and Josh Anderson on that line. Uh, I think that having that combination of playmakers, which we have seen happen already this season, uh, have they put up good like expected goals for percentages? No, not really. Have they been fun to watch? Yeah, they've been great. Like, I, I've, I've enjoyed watching them play. Uh, Drouet is such a skilled playmaker. Uh, there was a great little passing play on that really dirty Anderson goal uh, where Kirby Doc just like absolutely put the puck on a platter for Joy, who hit, who hit the post. But Anderson came in and just forced the puck into the net. And I think it'd be a fun line to keep go- going with if the Habs are intent on keeping 
their two stars together at even strength. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that kind of brings our discussion and our episode to a close. Uh, this was, again, a bit of a shorter episode for you all, but uh, we just wanted to get something out there. And uh, this was this was our, our little idea for today, was to keep it short and concise. And yeah, so thank you, Aaron and Josh, for joining me on this episode. Uh, I know that none of us forgot that today was a filming day at Absolutely all. Absolutely not. No, that, that no, did not happen No, what are you talking anyone. about? Um, yeah, I, I definitely did not get some surprise messages after I sent out the 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 link for uh, the recording. That did not happen whatsoever. Uh, well, I feel like I should be commended on how quickly I got on, though. You, and you were driving. Like, yeah, yeah you, 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 know did, what? you did well. You did well. Thank you. I, I respect it. I respect it. Uh, but yes, yeah, so thank you very much for tuning in for this episode, which is the fourth episode of the season of season two of the Puck and Roll podcast. $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.